the uh, the air, so to speak, which they uh, they they utilise as part of their physiology. Right, and it's very important not to walk on those snorkels as well because that can actually do damage to the plant. Is that right? Absolutely right. Yeah, that's one of the things. That's one of the, uh, I, I guess, the consequences of uh, when you when you're carrying out some sort of marine biology based research or marine ecology based research. You do have to be very mindful of the fact that you just can't just go stomping around um, on the uh, on the substrate. Uh, because trampling has been shown to have a very detrimental impact on uh, a lot of these environments. So the same sort of thing would, would uh, you know, if I'm going out to Point Cook like I did on Saturday, for example, going for a snorkel, I'll be very careful walking uh, off to one side of the seagrass beds because of the seagrass where it lives, if I'm stomping around on it in my... Um, uh, you know, uh, in my booties, I know for a fact it's going to damage those environments and all the critters that live within it. So you try and go around more where there's the sandy bottom. Same deal applies for mangroves. You don't want to go stomping around on all those new metaphors and crushing them up because you will absolutely cause uh, harm to the plant to occur. Yeah, that's actually very important to think about because these environments really are so important just to everything. As it certainly are, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how some of those marine and terrestrial creatures interact with those mangroves? Yeah, well, um, a good example if we're if we're looking at the mangroves here in um, here in Victoria, um, it's you're going to find, like I mentioned before, a lot of the things like flathead and all that sort of stuff in the uh, living in amongst the sediments. You'll find pebble crabs. You'll find uh, you know these um, what you call the gastropods or the little snails and things doing the round, uh, doing the rounds. Uh, incredible numbers of those that really love the, uh, the the shelter and the food that the mangrove areas um, help to provide. It's, a, like I said before, a very diverse habitat, really rich ecology. And, um, you know, we've, we've seen some examples, unfortunately, overseas. Um, and, and nowadays the awareness is getting so much better. When we look at things like um, areas of the world, like, for example, Thailand and Ecuador, um, thriving shrimp aquaculture industries. So, unfortunately, what they used to do once upon a time was decide, right, here's a nice coastal area we're going to do uh we're going to pop a shrimp farm in this area here but then to achieve that that actually go in and they would physically uh destroy that rip out the mangroves to enable them to get started in the first place so they were basically taking a high-powered rifle and shooting themselves in the foot because of course what it meant is you had um this uh situation where one of the one of the the the, the crucibles one of the the incubators for life itself in those coastal areas was being completely crucified and just being annihilated so uh that is a, a that is the sort of thing that doesn't happen much these days because people have uh opened their eyes to it and realized hang on these are these are really valuable environments we can't have a situation where we you know for the for the sake of aquaculture and the, the, the no doubt the money and the socioeconomic benefits that come from that uh we can't forsake the natural environment as well so they're, they're coming up with systems where you can go through and integrate the two um so that's uh that's that's an example of uh, you know what not to do. I guess closer to home in terms of how, how they uh, interact. You know, if you look up north, the mangroves in 